Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The NFL owners' meetings begin today, and I am live from Orlando. In the next few days, we'll talk to Bucks head coach Dirk Cutter, GM Jason Light, in our once-a-year State of the Bucks interview with co-chairman Joel Glazer. Also, we have what Jason Pierre-Paul had to say about his trade from the Giants to the Bucks, and what still drives him and what he learned about himself recovering from that horrific fireworks accident nearly three years ago. And the Tampa Bay Rays made some moves to settle their pitching staff. Oh, and we've got a Final Four. It includes Michigan, Kansas, Villanova, and Loyola, Chicago. Sister Jean still alive. All that and more. On this Monday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started with the podcast, we want to welcome once again our new sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know, it's spring, and that's the season of love. And if you're looking for that perfect gift for your wife or girlfriend, guys, go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Whether you're looking for a diamond pendant or bracelet or earrings, maybe you're ready to pop the question, you need an engagement ring, you're going to get the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Why walk around the jewelry stores and the shopping mall? they got the big overhead, and that means a bigger price for you. And don't believe the guys saying they're going to give you half off with a matching gift certificate. Continental's price will still be less than the alleged discount. At Continental Wholesale, you're paying wholesale. There's no pressure. You come in, and he's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to teach you about the four C's of diamonds, carrot cut, color, and clarity, and he's going to make sure he gets you that perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. What a weekend, Steve. I tell you, I've, uh, I've kind of been on a, like a three-day uh, ever since like Thursday night. We've been nonstop uh, after the interview with Jason Light. And thanks, by the way, for everybody uh, responding to that as well as everyone did. That was quite an interview. That We're going to do a lot of those in-depth interviews hopefully each week. And we'll get to that and our reaction, your reaction to it, and what, what we thought of it in just a minute but at the DeBartolo Family Foundation that was Saturday night um there's uh, you know the weekend began Thursday with a celebrity bar night included Brett Favre and Jameis Winston and Jerry Rice and Ronnie Lott and all these guys then they had the pre-gala Eddie V's on Friday and then last night or Saturday night was the gala with uh Jerry Rice who shocked everyone by proposing live to his 10-year girlfriend Letitia at the start of the gala Letitia So I mentioned we got some great reaction from the Jason Light interview, and Steve, I, I'm sure you went back and listened to it as well. Um, and the insights he gave, you know what I loved about it was just the stories he told. I mean, starting with the JPP trade, how he and Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, kept that under, under wraps for almost three weeks, and there really wasn't a lot of people involved in either organization with those talks. It was mostly Dave and Jason Light. And then, you know, the telling of Ali Marpet that he wouldn't be playing center you know, when Dirk Cutter and him pulled Ali aside and his reaction was, hey, I'm fine with it. I just want to win. In fact, Marpet wanted to take Jensen out to dinner and did along with Donovan Smith. And so there's also Garrett Gilkey, of all people, helping to recruit Jensen. Turns out the former Buck was the best man in Jensen's wedding. You had Brenson Buckner uh, in, in the sort of selling 
of Vinny Curry to the Bucks because he was very coveted once he became a free agent. And then Bo Allen. Bo Allen actually got more money offered to him when the signing period began, but he had already committed to Tampa Bay and decided to stay right there. I thought there were some just some outstanding storytelling by Jason Light and some real insights. Yeah, it's not often you get the true story behind things or that kind of insight. It's usually, oh, you know, we, we like this guy. He's a good guy. We wanted to sign him. Instead, you got to hear, you know, that Bo Allen said, well, I already gave my word to Tampa Bay. I'm going there. You know, I'm not going to take more money from someone else because my word is important to me. Or mm-hmm. who's, who helps recruit, you know, when, when other players. I mean, th- those are the type of people you want in your organization. Ali Marpet just wants to win. I don't care where you yeah. play me. I just want to win. I'm going to help bring this guy in because I think he's going to help us win. You, you have to love that attitude. That's what every fan wants of your team. And it's good to know that right. the Bucks have those players and are seeking those players. No, nah, it, it was outstanding. And, and, you know, Marpet, they think one day it could be a Pro Bowl center. And, and the good thing is he gives them flexibility. They also re-signed Evan Smith, um, I think, on Friday, I want to say. So they're starting to set themselves up pretty good, you know, inside. And then we still have the draft to go. I mean, I think they're going to get an outstanding player at seven or they could trade back down. You know, I was surprised by some of the reaction to um, – and I think it was mostly positive. Obviously, a lot of people were related. They got uh, JPP from the Giants who, again, is you know, he's 29 years old. He had eight and a half sacks last year, which would have led the Bucks, as a matter of fact. He played over 1,000 snaps for the Giants. I mean, he didn't come off the field very much. That's an awful lot of workload for a defensive end. But there were people that were on, um, I know, tweeting at me and others about how they thought, you know, maybe Jason Light went over the top for this deal because his job's on the line and he gave away too much. And they did trade, you know, a third-round pick and they swapped fourth-round picks, which actually helped the Bucks because they moved up a bunch of spots from, like, you know, I don't know, 112 to 102 or something like that, whatever it is. But the deal was this, that, you know, with folks comparing it, you know, to when the Bucks and Greg Schiano and Mark Dominic went after Jarrell Revis and made that trade, and I don't see the parallels really. I mean, first of all, Jarrell Revis was never going to be the missing piece of that football team. That was not a good football team. Secondly, you know, they paid Jarrell Revis $16 million, which is a lot of money, I never understood why people care how much money they make anyway because they've got to spend so much of it on player costs to begin with. And as you mentioned, Steve, you don't have a quarterback that you're currently paying giant money to right now. Yeah, that's the beauty that the Bucks have and, and there are other teams. When you have a young quarterback that's your franchise quarterback, you're paying him pittance compared to what Kirk Cousins just signed for or naming sure. the other free agent quarterbacks. Drew Brees. Or, yeah, 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 you're yeah, not spending $25, million, $28 million on a quarterback. You're spending you know, a couple mil. So you've got room right. to spend money elsewhere on your team until you, until you have to pay your quarterback. Right, and I, I think they're going to probably do some things because if you look at it this way, I mean, the fact that they have JPP means they're not now forced or hostage to reach or move up, uh, maybe give up more draft picks you know, to, to try to get uh, the best defensive lineman in the draft. So, and in fact, they may move back even. And, and you know, what if I were to tell you that they were going to recoup that third rounder and so now – the compensation is virtually zero as far as draft picks goes um, because you do have a guy like JPP. And, you know, so all that. But the thing about Rebus was, you know, he was coming off a torn ACL. Uh, they had to kind of nurse him back slowly in terms – I know he made the Pro Bowl and I think he was made comeback player of the year. He wasn't, he wasn't like he played horribly, but he was never going to be the difference maker. And that compensation was enormous, not just the $16 million a year, which they got out of after one year because it was really a series of one-year deals. But, in fact, they gave up a first-round pick and a third-round pick. And when you give up two players 
that you may have been core guys that you'd have had for four or five years each, and you only have Darrell Revis one season, that's a totally different deal than what they just did to me. And, you know, if everything goes bad with JP, let's say JPP does nothing, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with the third-round compensation. But, you know, again, if, if he's not here a year from now, they won't have any dead cap money. All the guaranteed money will have been paid, and so they can walk away. But I think a, a pass-rushing defensive end probably has as much or more impact than, say, a, a shutdown corner would have. And I just – I don't see the parallels. I really don't. I don't either, and, and especially you mentioned about, you know, trading back in the draft. So the two biggest needs that the Bucks needed in the draft was offensive line and defensive line. So they've completely revamped the defensive line now. Added, what, four players on the defensive line, three, four yeah. players? Uh, mm-hmm. They've got Ryan Jensen. You move Marpet back to guard. You've re-signed Evan Smith. Your your offensive line looks better than it was now. So now with the number seven pick, you don't have to reach for a defensive end if Bradley Chubb's not there. You don't have to reach nope. for an offensive lineman if Quentin Nelson's not there. Right. You probably don't want to take a safety that high, and there's really not a cornerback worth the number seven pick, and they need a cornerback right. more than a safety. So at this mm-hmm. point, you can trade back, still get a very good player, a good cornerback, another good defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and recoup some of those draft picks later in the draft through by trading backwards. They've now totally allowed agree. themselves the ability to do that and still walk away with a great first-round player that should make an impact. And there's a good chance, not a great one, but there's a good chance that one of those four quarterbacks might still be on the board at seven, and their pick will be very hot and very you know sought after by a lot of teams. And depending on how far you need to move back, you may have a handful of players that you're good with any of them. I personally believe that those four quarterbacks will go ahead of their pick at seven. Um, I think that you know Bradley Chubb will go at some point before they pick. And then it, then it remains it's to be Nelson seen. Nelson or Barkley. Is, is it going to be Saquon Barkley or, or, or Nelson? And I'm here to tell you, there's some people thinking that, and hold on to your skivvies here, that, that Saquon Barkley might be the guy that falls. Yep. You know? They're saying that the Giants that might could take Quentin Nelson. Yeah. And you, and you could have – you, you, you don't know what the Browns are going to do at four. Indianapolis would like Chubb. Uh, the Browns could trade back at four, or they could take an offensive lineman because they're losing Joe Thomas, and and so you know you just you don't you really can't pencil in anything just yet. But I do know this: one of those guys is going to be there, whether it whether it's Chubb, which I think is unlikely, or Saquon Barkley, which is possible, or Quentin Nelson, which I think is extremely possible. And can you imagine? It? I mean, you've just made the trade for Jensen. You got Marpet at one guard. Now you bring in Nelson, who could be a 10-year player. I mean, that's a heck of a start on that side of the ball, and we've already mentioned them rebuilding the defensive line. So I think they're in a very good position to do some things now, um, whether that's move around or just pick pick a great player. And I would agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a safety. I don't think it's going to be one of those guys. Um, cause if you I, want a I safety, the, you can trade back a few picks and pick a safety sure, there. You don't need to take absolutely. him at seven. And a, There's no cornerback in this draft worth the number seven pick. So you can trade back no. to get a cornerback. Totally agree. Totally agree. So I think they're in a great position, and um, it, it was look, it was great. Again, going back to the interview with Jason Light, we appreciate all the reaction. Um, he was very candid, and this week we'll have talked to Dirk Cutter uh, in in the owners' meetings over here with the NFC coaches. I'll have a chance to talk to him on Tuesday. We'll have that interview for you, and then even maybe even more important is the once a year sit down with Coach Chairman Joel Glazer. That's a one on one. And hopefully very similar to the Jason Light interview uh, that you enjoyed. We'll get some insights from Joel. Think about what this year has been. Um, All the expectations with hard knocks, with all of that, which was sort of ownership driven. And I don't think it did them any favors. 
because it raised expectations, and I don't know that guys were able to live up to them. But then on top of that, you know, you had the decision after going 5-11 and 11 to retain Dirk Cutter, the flirtations with John Gruden that you knew were absolutely there, um, the situation with Jameis Winston, which is still sort of unknown in terms of the NFL investigation and where that stands. Um, you know, there's, there's so much going on to talk about the Bucks right now, raising ticket prices, telling some season ticket holders they can't keep their season tickets. I mean, there's a lot to discuss with Joel Glazer, and so we'll have an opportunity to do our once-in-a-year sort of state of the Bucks with him on Tuesday, so you want to make sure that you're on hand for that. So we had a chance to meet Jason Pierre-Paul, who was in on Friday and had his introductory uh, news conference, which was also very insightful. We want to play some of that for you now. As you recall, Jason Pierre-Paul, of course, spent one year, 2009, with USF, had an outstanding year, wound up being an All-American, and that propelled him to becoming a 15th-round pick of the New York Giants. And now... Here he is not only back in Florida, his home state, but back in Tampa where he played his college ball, at least the one sensational year that he had here at USF. And I asked him, does it feel like it's a homecoming? You know, it's, it's strange because, you know, I haven't been here for a while. I, well, actually, last year I was here with, for the golf tournament for USF. Uh, but it just it, it feels like a reunion. You know, I'm coming back to high school again, meeting everybody else. But uh, I'm very excited, man. Um, you know, uh, ready to get. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get going, you know. I know a lot of fans are waiting to see what I could do. Uh, they won't be disappointed, and I'm ready to go. The thing about Pierre Paul is that he's not just one-dimensional. He's not just a pass rusher. He's a guy that can play on all three downs. In fact, last season for the Giants, he had the second-highest number of snaps in the entire league, over 1,000 snaps. To be honest, I don't, I don't really even count the snaps, man. Uh, when I'm out there, I'm just I'm just going. I'm like an energizer bunny out there. Uh, and whoever wants to tag along, come on. You know what I mean? Uh, and even even like even at the Giants, uh, when I'm on that field, I don't come out, man. You know, unless the coaches take me out and say, "Hey, take a break," but I don't come out. Uh, I play I play to win. You know, and that's how I am. I play to win, and I strive I strive for greatness. So, you know, counting the snaps, I don't really know until somebody actually tell me. I'm like, okay, cool, you know. You played 1,010 snaps last year. Second, second most in the See, league. I, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the snaps ain't, ain't my it – it's not really a big, you know, thing for me. I just I just be out there playing, and that's, that's, how, that's who's who I am. So Now, we all remember that Jason Pierre-Paul was involved in that really horrific fireworks accident back in 2015 on the 4th of July. He lost – his index finger, uh, you know, part of his thumb, had all kinds of hand surgery. And it was something that some people thought he wouldn't be able to come back and play at all. What he's done, he's had two full seasons now with the Giants and has gotten himself back to the elite status. So I asked Jason Pierre-Paul, and he became emotional when I said, what did you learn about yourself during that terrible ordeal? Uh, sorry. I get emotional when I talk about my injury. Sorry. Uh, all right. But my injury, what I learned from my injury was – that 
I'm unstoppable, man. You know, uh, I like I thank my dad for that because my dad he's been he's been blind for 29 years and he never complained out once. So from that I know I'm unstoppable. You know what I mean? You, it's gonna be it's gonna take a hell of lot a hell of a lot for me to get off that damn field. Sorry for cussing. <laughs> so basically right. that's what what it is. I tell you what, you know, being at your highest peak in the NFL, about to get a big contract, and you know you think everybody's to the top. And I'm at the top of my game, uh, about to be a free agent, and something like that happened. Uh, unfortunately, it happened. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad, you know. But at the same time, at that point, like I like I always say, I never ever doubted myself that I would not play football again, you know. Uh, and I returned back, and you know, I had one goal. One goal was to, uh, I'm not missing a season, you know. And I came back and, and actually finished that season, and then. Coming back, this was actually my first game. I think this Tampa Bay was my first game back, and I did pretty well against y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, like I said, you know, I, from that point, I just knew that you know, like, can't nobody really you know touch me when it comes to this sport. And in order for me to uh, to not play this sport, you got to take both of my legs. You know what I'm saying? And even then, I'll still try to find a way to play. <laughs> So at this point in his career, still an elite pass rusher, but during the press conference, he kept talking about how he has a lot to prove. Well, what exactly does Jason Pierre-Paul think he has left to prove in this league? Uh, I want to actually win another Super Bowl. Uh, um, actually make it to a couple more Pro Bowls. Uh, I, have a, I have a whole list sheet, man. Uh, you know, uh, actually have my son, which he knows about football now. Uh, he knows exactly uh, my number. Number ninety uh, for a three year old to know that that's a, that's a lot for me. So I still I, I still got energy left in the tank, man. And, and as long as I'm playing and my son is happy, and my family's happy, you know, organization happy, I'm I'm fine. You know, I have a lot to prove. So so we'll see if JPP reaches his goals. We still got time before the Bucks really begin any kind of off season or certainly training camp. But in the meantime, we got baseball that starts on Thursday with opening day and the Rays and the Red Sox and the Rays beginning to pare down their roster now, and really all but maybe one decision has been made. They started with the pitching staff, and they informed Dan Jennings and Daniel Hudson they will not be part of the Major League team, Kevin Cash breaking that news to them. But he also felt pretty good about breaking the news to some really first-time Major Leaguers uh, to start opening day. A guy like Yanni Chirinos, their right-handed pitcher, the left-handed pitcher Ryan Yarborough, and also right-handed pitcher Andrew Kittredge, all learning from Kevin Cash today, that they had made the club. And that means Austin Pruitt will be optioned down to Durham. And he pitched a lot last year. I'm surprised by Pruitt because I really thought he showed – he didn't have a good spring, to say the least. In fact, he struggled pretty much all of spring. But he, he pitched in 30 games last year as a rookie. And even though he had a high ERA, I mean, he's got some wipeout stuff. If anything, Pruitt was too much of a strike thrower, Steve. Well, if it, but it was funny because uh, Mark Topkin uh, in the t- t- paper on Sunday had – tremendous coverage of the Rays' 20th anniversary and all kinds of, you know, 20 best moments and this. Well, they had the 20 worst players in the Rays' history, and Austin Pruitt was number 10. Was he really? His war last year was pretty bad, and so based on, you know, just a small sample size last year, but his war, he was number 10 on that list, which surprised me. I didn't, you know, he he had a high ERA, but I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. That is surprising, because you remember he was tagged, really, really tagged early. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like 10 runs in 11 innings or something well, like that. Well, and that hurts your war. And, and that destroys you, but I mean, statistically. But then he came back, 
And I thought for a while he was really, really, you know, almost dominant. I mean, that curveball was sensational. And um, he, he did throw a lot of strikes, which was very unray-like at times since they, they seemed to, you know, throw a lot of pitches and walk a lot of guys. Um, so I kind of thought that going into this season, we talked to him, you know, on the Rays Fan Fest. I thought he had a real good shot of making this club. And I'm a little surprised, but I guess – Look, you got to give credit to where it's due. I mean, those other guys just pitch, pitch better. Well, and Kevin Cash talked about Austin Pruitt will be a part of this team. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, Pruitt's going to play a huge part for us. There's no doubt. Uh, but I thought with the way those guys pitched, um, you know, Yarborough and Trinos both coming off st- uh, starter innings, starter workload, that's going to provide some coverage for us. Um, and Kittredge. He just had a great spring. He's, he's really good, and we're going to use him in a lot of different situations. A great day for Ryan Yarbrough. Not only does he learn that he's going to make the Major League roster, but as it turned out, he had family in town, and he was able to share that with him. Uh, it was good. Uh, instantly made some phone calls. Uh, uh, girlfriend started crying on the phone. She was pretty excited about it, and then obviously called dad and mom and super pumped. And I think what's great is the fact that they're here today at the game. They were coming down regardless, so told him before the game and hopefully uh go get something to eat and uh just celebrate a little bit it was probably like a little after 12 so like uh hey can i t- uh get a minute uh cash said so i kind of went in the office i'm like well it can either go one or two ways so uh it was really good though it's really awesome it's kind of because you don't know what's going to happen so everything kind of surreal and uh kind of took a little bit i don't think it really has set in yet i feel like probably when you get to the trop and see everybody there it'll uh really set in but it's a uh, it's incredible can't stop smiling, be honest. <laughs> and Andrew Kittredge, who actually debuted last year, had a chance to make the club coming out of spring training. Here's what he had to say. It's definitely exciting. Um, you know, it's something that I knew was kind of a possibility, but just to get the news that it actually happened is, is pretty awesome. So, um, But that being said, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything if I don't perform. So, you know, I just got to try to hit the ground running uh, once the season starts. Little scare over the weekend with Chris Archer. He takes a, uh, I guess, a hopper back to the mound that bounces off his forearm and leaves a little bit of a bruise and maybe a sore arm. But looks like he's going to recover and be able to start opening day. That was a scare that they certainly didn't want. And then still have one position, I guess, to solve, Steve, as far as our everyday players go. Yeah, they've got the the fifth outfielder spot is pretty much down to Brandon Snyder and Johnny Field uh, in the Major League camp. There's actually 28 players in the Major League camp. Kirk Casale will be optioned after the exhibition game Tuesday at Tropicana Field. And Johnny Venters is still on the roster, but they've already told him he will not be part of the club for opening day. So it, there's 26 players on the 25-man roster. Brandon Snyder, Johnny Field, it's uh, battling for the last spot. Last spot, and this is the Rays' 20th anniversary and I'll tell you, you have to pick up a Sunday copy of the Tampa Bay Times. Mark Tompkin did just an unbelievable job, as, as did our staff, in putting together uh, that special section for this 20th anniversary season. Just all the memories from, you know, the first ownership group with Vince Namoli, all the managers, the players, some great, some great storytelling by Mark and things that, you know, he didn't even write about at the time. So, I mean, I think we'll be talking about that all week as we uh, kind of build up to opening day that's Thursday against the Boston Red Sox. So hail to the victors. Man, your big blue got in. Michigan, bad. that's the good news. Are you bad talking about the there... final four or the frozen four? Because they're in both. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's brag a little bit here because that doesn't happen very often, right? This is the sixth time ever that a team has made both the frozen four and the final four in the same year. Michigan's done it four times. Michigan State's done it twice. I don't know how to feel about Michigan because I really, really think they're a good basketball team that was playing with house money after that traumatic shot that they made. And, but now 
they're playing Cinderella in Loyola, Chicago, and Sister Jean, and, and I love the headlines that are like, unbelievable, you know, and stuff like that, but I don't know. Loyola Chicago has been the story of this tournament. Oh, they absolutely have been. Sister Jean, uh, Charles Barkley wants to hang out with her. Um, you know, it's 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 the story of the tournament. And you know, look, the last time what I think the last time an eleven seed made the final four was George Mason with uh, right oh five oh six something like that. Um, you know, anytime you get a double digit seed in the final four, it's fantastic. Oh man, that's crazy. Sister Jean and me, that's terrible. And then we got Kansas-Villanova. You know, I watched that Duke-Kansas game, especially the end of it, and really Duke had a chance with Grayson Island uh, in regulation. A shot went halfway down, I think, about three different times and rolls off the rim, and Kansas winds up winning that game fairly handily in overtime, and they take on Villanova. So it'll be Michigan, Loyola, Chicago at 6.09, and then the late game at 8.49 will be Kansas-Villanova on Saturday. So that's just going to be a great, great afternoon or evening, I guess, of college basketball. It always is. The Saturday uh, before the national championship game, which will be that Monday night. Um, although it's weird, there's actually going to be baseball going on as the Final Four is going on. So, Because baseball yeah, started right. earlier this year with starting the Thursday, March 29th. That's right. It starts before April. And then and you have the Lightning against Arizona at home and then a big date with the Boston Bruins on Thursday. Yeah, the Bruins uh, beat the Wild in overtime Sunday night, so they are two points back of the Lightning with a game in hand. Both teams will play a game before they meet Thursday in Boston. Uh, the Lightning have Arizona tonight at home, so uh, not a you know you, none of these games are must win. But if you want to win the number one overall seed, beating a team like Arizona at home ice, you pretty much need to do that. No doubt. Uh, let's uh, remind you that I'm going to be at the NFL owners meeting all week. I'm going to have a chance to talk with Dirk Cutter. We'll have that. We'll have the state of the Bucks with co-chairman Joel Glazers this week. You want to make sure you listen to that podcast. And so we'll keep you up to date on what's going on over here as, as well as we uh, get ready for opening day coming up on Thursday. Hey, hey, guys, we want to remind you one more time, go see our friend Andy. I just saw him at the, the Bartolo Gala. He's got lots of scotch ready for you when you walk in. No high pressure. He's going to pick that perfect diamond, whether it's a pendant or a bracelet or earrings or maybe a diamond ring. Let him take care of you. Make sure you go see Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150. That's right next to the penthouse club so we hope you make this a habit each and every weekday and monday through friday we are here with you on sports day tampa bay you can always interact with us on twitter at sports day tb or you can get me on twitter at nfl stroud or my email rstroud at tampabay.com we want you to rate and review this podcast steve where can they do that anywhere you listen to podcasts whether you get it from your itunes or google play iHeartRadio, stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports listen to the latest episode and rate and review it there and keep it on TampaBay.com for all your breaking news in sports, whether it's the Rays or the Bolts or the Tampa Bay Bucks. And we'll talk to you all week from the NFL owners meeting and get ready for opening day on Thursday. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.